Hello, everyone, and praise the Lord. I hope you are well. Uh, welcome to our today's uh, self, that is after service live session. And today uh, we are going to be talking about a topic, Heavenly Footman. My name is Zoma Nicole. I'm a student at JQuat, and I'll be your host for today. And I would like our guests also to introduce themselves. I can start from you. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Heritage Malchanzia, a student in JQuat pursuing a Bachelor of Science in Control and Instrumentation. And I'm glad to be here this time. I'm born again, and uh, I'm trusting God it's going to be a good time. Man, we're glad to have you too. Thank yes. you. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Patrick Kwasonga. I clear campus in JQuat. I pursued a course in development studies. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to have finished. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. So today, as I've just told you, we're going to be talking about a very interesting one, Heavenly Footman. Uh, and actually, if you look at the, the two words uh, that make the topic Heavenly Footman, it's, it's oxymoronish. Yeah. And I would just like us to begin from that, explaining what it means. What is Heavenly Footman? And I think I'll just give our guests the chance to do this. Yeah, we can start from you. What do you understand by Heavenly Footman? Okay, thank you so much. Uh, heavenly footman. Here we have two terms. We have heavenly and we have footman. And so uh, footman basically means foot soldier. Yeah, and then we have heaven. You know, we all understand <laughs> what heaven is. Yeah, so uh, when we talk about heavenly footman, uh, we simply mean that we as believers, those who have believed in Christ, we are uh, we are in a journey, mm -hmm. just like a footman, and we are like people who are in a race, who are running and aiming to achieve a certain prize, and that prize is eternal glory, or yeah, or just to 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 attain to, to attain heaven. Yeah, so uh, the term heavenly footman and as cause uh, perseverance, commitment, yeah, and uh, like. Uh, having faith in Christ Jesus. Yeah, and so when you talk about Shebeni Footman, it basically means that we are running towards attaining our goal, which is eternal glory. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, Shanzia. Ah, uh, it's a nice... Heavenly Footman. <laughs> it's a nice explanation that uh, Patrick has informed of us at this time. And uh, maybe just to echo uh, to another sense... Uh, Footman, it means the the historical view of it is a is a soldier at infantry, and uh, going down to history, we realize that uh, infantry it encapsulates a soldier who is marching or fighting on foot alongside uh, a a master who is on a horseback, and we realize that uh, looking to the point of uh, adding the value of making it heavenly, it now points us to the dilemma that oh. There can be a person who is on foot, but at the same time, it's pointing and to looking towards something where we understand that our faith as believers and our citizenship springs forth from heaven. Yeah. And so we realize that a heavenly footman, it opens us to the reality that though we are here on earth, but uh, we are counted from another place and there is a need to continue fulfilling that which is 
a necessity in that other realm of the kingdom of God, uh, which is the kingdom of God adding up to the heavens and to the earth. Really, yeah, amazing. That's uh, a very extensive one. Thank you. And now I hope that it is very much understandable from both the two. Yes, so now that we know what heavenly footman means, uh, we'll just go straight ahead to the text we're supposed to be handling. Uh, this topic, we could handle it from a lot of texts. We, we can, If you look at the book of 1 Corinthians 9, from verse uh, 1 going ahead, uh, like the whole of it, Hebrews chapter 16, verse 28, First uh, Corinthians 5, 1 to 11. There's a lot that talks about, that points towards this topic. But today, specifically, we're going to be handling the book of Second Corinthians chapter 5, uh, from verse 1 to verse 10. So I'll just read through it. The Bible records that, For we know that if, uh, if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, here indeed we groan and long to put on our heavenly dwelling, so that by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, uh, we sigh with anxiety, not that we will be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that uh, what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Verse 6 records, uh, So we are always of good courage, we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are of good courage and we, build, uh, we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Uh, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive good or evil according to what he has done in the body. Wow, an amazing scripture. Yeah, and if you can find time, you can just go through the whole of the chapter. There are a few verses. Uh, I think it reaches verses, not 20s. Yeah, it's 21, just a few more verses even to build more on that. But specifically, we will just reach verse 10 for our today's discussion. And so even as we read through this, I think uh, the first four verses builds much on what we are about to talk about uh, even before we proceed to the others, I think I'd just like us to, to give sort of an exposition or maybe to expound more on what do we understand uh, from what is being discussed here, what Paul says from verse 1 up to verse 4. What What is he trying to talk about? What, what do we understand by that? Well, I may start us off. Uh, okay, thank you for being willing. <laughs> yeah. So when... Paul is writing uh, this particular chapter to this church at Corinth. Uh, he has just finished to admonish them concerning various things, uh, bringing them the comfort that they should long for in Christ Jesus and even that which Paul uh, and the other ministers who were sent to them could give. He has uh, also brought them to the reality that he had plans for them and uh, at some point those plans were to be changed. He also brought the reality of the fact that uh, they have been made ministers of the new covenant. And you see, all this is just a background to introduce us to the very fact that uh, life that we live now is not only counted to the present, but there is a place where indeed life has sprung forth. <laughs> and so you see the way the chapter begins. 
in fact in some other versions of the bible it is titled awaiting the new body and so we are introduced to to the fact that we we are having earthly tents and uh, having earthly tents uh there is a concept that at one point they will be destroyed and uh and knowing that we have another building from God, which is an eternal house that is not built by human hands. And you see, the longing that is being brought here uh, is that we are looking forward uh, that when uh, this particular earthly tent will be destroyed, there is still a life to live. And in that life to live, it makes Paul to inform this church that they should groan and eagerly await for that particular clothing into the new body. And so... He goes further to bring to them uh, in, in verse 3 as we see that because we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Mm-hmm. That uh, if any man will be found naked, it means that that man will not have been clothed with the eternal building that comes from the Lord. And he goes further to say that we are in this tent, so we are groaning and we are burdening because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Uh, that the motor that you are having now may be swallowed up with life. And so uh, it goes further to explain that uh, God has fashioned us for this very purpose and uh, he has given us his spirit as a deposit to guarantee what is to come. So the basics of the fact that is being told here, just after speaking to them uh, in, in, in verse 4, how their present weakness and there is a need for a resurrection life, is bringing them to the awareness that, Oh, beloved of God, we have got another life to live. We have got another place where our true life is counted from. And we need to eagerly await for that particular season because, in fact, God has really given us a guarantee at present to show us that he is very much intentional that we may attain even to that particular stature of life. And so it's it's a season that is making a believer and far more to this church to have the understanding that they need to be patient. They need to have a longing for a clothing that comes. And another aspect of this clothing is that this clothing is imperishable. It is incorruptible. We see the earthly tent will be destroyed, but for the building that you are receiving from God, it is eternal. Like there is no point of corruption in it or there is no point of perishing in it. And it's in fact a major view to the believer's faith where we understand that our faith is authentic It is a reality that presently though we encounter weakness, but we have one assurance that him whom we have believed in, the promises that he has given are sure. And the life that he has called us forth to, it is life that is pointing us to what eternity and nothing that can be tamed even from that particular eternity. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Yes, Patrick. Yes, and just to add on what Anzia has said, um, like we see before Paul starts, we begin this chapter. Allow me just to read the previous chapter from verse 18. And he says, So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Mm. Yeah, and then Paul proceeds on by, by saying in chapter 1 that, for we know 
that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with with hands eternal, with hands eternal in the heaven. Uh, Paul introduces a fact to these people that, well, in as much as we live in this world, we are not of this world like we live in this world full of sin, full of everything. We are clothed, and he brings it. Uh, he co- he compares it with a tent, and he says that we are clothed with the earthly tent. But he's telling them that, if, well, in as much as we are clothed with this earthly tent, we have a hope, a hope uh, that we shall be given new tents, and not only these earthly tents. And in First Corinthians, Corinthians chapter nine verse forty-two. Paul introduces how our heavenly body will look like. And he says that, first of all, our new bodies will be uh, like in this earth. Now we are clothed with bodies which are perishable, but the bodies that we shall receive will be perishable. We are clothed with bodies which are, uh, which are sown in, in this honor, and the bodies that we will receive will be sown in glory. And he says that the bodies that we are having right now in physical nature uh, we, we will be given spiritual both and this is a hope that uh, that each one of us has all believers that in as much as we are living in this world this world full of sin this world full of uh, full of weakness full of challenges uh, we have a hope that we shall be given a, a new bodies bodies which which are not bodies which are imperishable and bodies which are sown in glory. And I think this gives us hope as believers that in as much as we continue living here, we, we live as sojourners, we live as people aiming to, to attain something, something which is far greater than the things of this world. And the implication of all this is that um, it gives us confidence, confidence to maneuver through this life, confidence to go through this life, to endure and to persevere in our hardship in everything so that we also may attain that uh, that eternal glory that we have been promised. Yes, just as the scripture says that only those who endure to the end will be saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's amazing. Yes, and so that should remain our purpose uh, as believers. We should long, long for it, you know, the eternal glory. And as we read through uh, this verse, uh, verse 3, allow me to go back that so that by putting it on, we may not be found naked. And as just as we have seen that, the, the earthly tent, I hope by now you're not still thinking you're talking about a tent that we sit under <laughs> when there, there is a function or so. But I hope you have realized with me that you're talking about the body, the the human body, or what can I say? Yeah, The flesh, that is, yeah. You're not talking about the flesh, but we're rather talking about uh, the body, the new bodies that you will be given, spiritual, that is, and this first talks about being naked, that when we put on this new body, that we may not be found naked. So this makes me think that we're actually not talking about the naked, naked, as in physical nakedness. But it reminds me of, uh, it takes me back to the beginning in creation where God creates man and they, they are led to disobedience by Satan. And we are told in Genesis 3, verse 7, that after they had eaten the, the forbidden fruit, you know, their eyes were opened and they, they realized that they were naked. And so I tried to connect it back to that. It was not just physical nakedness that was being attributed to that. And we are told that even after that, you know, they make some leaves to try and uh, hide hide the nakedness. 
And so when we look at this, maybe we can also talk about this for a little while. What does it mean that we don't want to be found naked now that we're not talking about clothes, uh, as in the clothes we are wearing? But what does it mean when you're saying that even as you're putting on this new body, we are not going to be found naked? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just to also appreciate the fact that uh, we are living life that were planned by God and we were called into these particular uh, seasons that we may live in them. And uh, you see, God in his holiness, in his righteousness and sovereignty, he is a supreme being to who has his own standards on how things are to be done. Mm-hmm. And uh, the introduction of heaven, uh, of, of Eden, sorry, uh, as a first place where God decides to put the first man, yeah. uh, it makes us to appreciate that uh, he was very much willing to also provide an environment that will really make him that when he sees man, he may also see man that is like, I appreciate the very place that this person is living and that place was also pleasing to God to the extent that uh, God used to visit even Adam in the in the Garden of Eden and he just used to go there to have fellowship with man. And in fact, the time when they come to the realization that they were naked, God had, had gone to visit them and he, he, he asked them that, who told you you are naked? You see, it, it makes us understand that uh, the very time that Adam uh, and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, in fact, as, a, as the very measure of a good presence of God and an environment that could be fitting, very much attractive and could make God appreciate the very creation that he had made, mm-hmm. uh, they, they never realized they were naked, but they were still interacting one to another. And so for us to be brought to the fact that uh, we are on earthly tents, but these earthly tents, they are perishable to another sense. You see, it means the 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 nakedness that is being pointed here, as a, as our host Nicole has, has informed us, it's, it's not nakedness that we can see by eyes, but it's nakedness that makes us, it's like, to some extent, man could not be fit to be much pleasing before God, or the the very uh, garments that people uh, dwell with in the heavenly places, they are, they are not garments that could be measured with the earthly tents that we are having even right now. And that's why there was a need for there is a need for man to have another new being. And so just to, to go to go back uh in, in, in a in a scripture that uh Patrick had highlighted some a while ago, uh in 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 that uh first Corinthians chapter fifteen, it it speaks of the resurrection body. We have just come from a chapter where uh, Paul is admonishing this church that Presently we are weak, but there is a resurrection body that we are awaiting or life. And that's why he brings them to the fact of uh, there is a need for us to be growth. And you see, just to highlight some few verses, uh, he, he, in, in, in 1 Corinthians, that is chapter 15, from verse uh, 44, part B, it says, if there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. And uh, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. It says, the spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. And uh, it continues to say in verse 49, and just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. You see, it is a contrast between realms. Living on earth, we need earthly tents so that it can help us to bear the natural body needed on earth. 
But now the glory of living in the very presence of God where there are eternal dwellings, it brings to the fact that there is a need that we may also bear the image of the heavenly man. And the image of the heavenly man, it comes as a form of uh, immortality to swallow up our mortality. Because we see here, it has spoken to us that the spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that the spiritual. Mm -hmm. So as a measure for us to really attain coming from the earthly tents and bearing uh, the new body that we are given in the eternal dwellings, it means that the natural will have to be put off and now the spiritual be clothed into a person. So the measure of nakedness that is being brought here is that whenever we are placed in the heavenly dwellings and we are found still in our earthly tents, it means we, we at some point we shall be naked. But the quest here is that we are trying to make ourselves bear the image of the heavenly man each and every time so that by that particular time we will have attained the full stature of the heavenly man by the glorification of Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Yes, you had to add something? No, I think he has explained. <laughs> so well. I think so too. <laughs> that was a good expounding. Yes. So I really hope that you are understanding that much better with me, even I am being edified. Uh -huh. And we move ahead to verse 5. But says that he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. And actually, when we're looking at other things being discussed here, there are matters that are not small. They're big things, actually, and they're things of essence in the body of Christ, in the life of a believer. Being able to present yourself as not naked before God, just as he has explained, because just as you'd look at me if I'm wearing something that, that shows my nakedness, and probably you would be... Oh, what is that or you or I don't know how you react to things that are unpleasant but that is the same way God will look at us when we are in a state that is not pleasing to him then he sees us also like that it's like we are naked we are empty we are we have fallen short of the glory and so this verse tells us that he has given us God has given us the spirit as a guarantee and here we are talking about the Holy Spirit right yeah so the Holy Spirit is a guarantee that these things in as much as they seem maybe tough or difficult they are not totally impossible they will only be when you do not take uh, the help that God has given I like this verse in if I'm not wrong it is second Corinthians chapter 10 if not second it is first Corinthians I'll confirm that in the course of it uh, but it says that that no temptation has befallen you that is not common to man. But with every temptation that comes your way, God always provides a solution as a way of escape. And so we can see that in this uh, context, it is the Holy Spirit that has been given unto us that is going to be able to help us even to walk through this. So I just want us to discuss about the Holy Spirit a bit and what role does the Holy Spirit play, uh, you know, in, in making us to be able to present ourselves as right before God is not naked and even to be able to you know forsake or put away the the, the earthly dwelling or the, that, that tent so that we don't focus on the earthly tent or rather the physical body but that we can focus you know on living spiritually and as much as we are in the body but we focus on on living spiritually yeah, yeah. so allow me go first all right thank you <laughs> yes and I would love to refer from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. As, as read. And it says, 
and it says that in him you also who have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him was sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. And basically, when we look at this chapter of Ephesians chapter 1, it talks about the role of a triune God in salvation. And up there, we see that uh, God the Father elected us and he adopted us into his kingdom. He predestined us also. And he presents us also to the working of Jesus Christ, who the Bible says that through his death, there was forgiveness of sin and there was redemption. Yeah, and now from the verses that I have read, yes, it presents us to now like the role that Holy Spirit played. Mm-hmm. And here it says that we were given Holy Spirit who acted as a seal, as a seal and who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it for the praise of his glory. Now connecting this with other verses in the scripture, uh, like there are some places whereby the Bible says that I will give you the spirit who will teach you all truth, all truth. And therefore, yes, in as much as we are in the journey of being sanctified and in a journey of being prepared into, to receive that eternal glory, we have not been left alone. We have not been left alone. As Christ says that he will not leave us as orphans, but he will give us a helper with the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is helping us in this journey and it helps it's helping us to by teaching us the truth and to understand the truth of the word of God and to help us on how God wants us to live. And also uh going back in like now to the whole process of salvation and of sanctification, uh we have the role that God plays in sanct- in sanctification and the role that we human beings play in sanctification. And uh, God has given us his grace and his spirit who helps us in our sanctification, mm-hmm. the process of becoming more like Christ. And therefore, as we continue this journey, um, like we are assured that we are not alone, but God is working in us through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Sure. Okay, thank you. You came to an abrupt halt. I was expecting you to still go ahead. <laughs> but all the way, thank you. The message has been taken home. And just to clarify, I was talking about First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, that talks about, you know, God always bringing in a solution whenever we are faced with, with temptations or trials or hardships. Yes. So thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, and as we still go ahead, that was verse 5. Uh, and then... So we are always of good courage now that is after having the Holy Spirit or just before we move ahead. The Holy Spirit is there because Christ, just as Patrick has said, uh, promised that he would not leave us as orphans, but would give the Holy Spirit to be a helper. So the Holy Spirit is already there. It is upon you to embrace the Holy Spirit to work in you. We are being told that the Holy Spirit, our bodies are the temples, right, of the Holy Spirit. So actually we are able as human to host the Holy Spirit because because man is made of 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 soul, of a spirit, and a body. So actually, that is why we are able to host the Holy Spirit. 
But you know very well that the Holy Spirit is holy, so it does not just stay in any temple, but the temple has to be holy. So it is upon you to make your temple holy and suitable for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. And trust me, you, when you let the Holy Spirit lead you, walk with you, just as Christ promised, he will be a helper to you. The Holy Spirit is a person. He lives and he talks with you and he guides you, he teaches you, he comforts you. So it is upon you to be able to adopt that. And that will help you even through the work, you know, being that you are on earth. And there is a lot on earth that will try to conquer with your faith, not to conquer, but to, to interfere, that is, with your faith. But when you have the Holy Spirit in you, then you're able to be heavenly minded. So you stay a heavenly footman, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, another aspect comes in just still with the Holy Spirit, but not specifically in reference. So then let's just go ahead and then I'll tell you what I'm thinking about. So verse 6 says that, so we are always of good courage. We know that uh, while we are at home, in the body, we are away from the Lord. That's very interesting. Can you take time to think about that? I hope you're following with me. If you don't have your Bible, please have your Bible with you. These verses, these verses are so, what can we call them? Profound. Profound. Thank you. That's the word. Okay. So, aha. Uh -huh. Verse 7 says that, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, that is where I want us to talk about, again, a bit much more to expound on. We walk by faith and not by sight. And we've just seen that we are not supposed to be dwelling on the earthly tent, but we be heavenly minded. And we are looking up to the, the imperishable body that will be given. And then we're being told we accept the spirit who is a guarantee unto us to walk with us. And then now we're supposed to be walking by faith and not by sight. So what does this mean? Ah. Uh. Thank you for that particular point. Uh, Thank you. We see, uh, just maybe before we reach to that particular portion of scripture, mm -hmm. we we are told that we are always confident. Like Paul, he, he tells to these that they are always confident, knowing that uh, as long as we are at home in the body, mm -hmm. we we are away from the Lord. Uh, but he now speaks that for we live by faith, not by sight. And uh, and being confident that uh, uh, we'll prefer, he says that, and we'll prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord, so we make it our goal to please him. Maybe we'll reach there sometimes to come. Mm -hmm. uh, you see, faith is very amazing. And uh, it's just amazing to see how <laughs> you can believe in, in someone whom you have not seen. Uh, you see, in another place in Scripture, somewhere in the book of Peter, uh this this these particular people are being they are being commended because of something so good that that they did into it it it's it's it speaks uh that should be should be first peter in 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 first peter chapter one uh and uh from verse seven he says that uh these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though defined by fire may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And so we are brought into amazing dimensions of our faith. He says that though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. And he says that for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation for your souls. You see, 
uh, these got select that were scattered even throughout the provinces of Pontus Galatia when uh, Peter is writing to them uh, this particular letter. Mm -hmm. And in relation to what we are speaking now, that we are living by faith. The existence that you just love God, you never, you never, you never saw him. You, mm -hmm. you believed in him. You never, like, it's not a person that he's here and uh, you are here. And so it's like you're conversing with a friend face to face. But it was an introduction to a concept that we really need to apply our very hearts that we may believe in him. And you see, our earthly being that we have right now could not to any capacity uh, attain the measure saying that ah, yeah. it seems like <laughs> I, I need to believe in another supreme being. But just this Holy Spirit coming before this particular portion of itself. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit is a deposit, in fact, to us and he guarantees what is to come. And beyond that guarantee, it means that there is something coming, in fact, saying what is to come. And so for our own nature as man to really live in the verge of awaiting what is to come, we really need to apply faith in our own life. And you see, faith, as, as Hebrews will put it, in fact, uh, the writer of Hebrews put it much, much, much better. He says that uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So faith helps us to apply the basic necessity that could point us to achieve the heavenly man. Like mm -hmm. faith without works is dead. And so living by faith, it helps us to appreciate. I believe in the Lord that there is an eternal tabernacle that is coming. And because of this eternal building that is coming, I need to live in this and this way. Because if we would have lived by sight, sight is obscured after some distance. But faith looks beyond. It looks beyond what we see. And what is being spoken here, it's a footman. A footman uh, looks, looks beyond because he needs to protect the master who is on the uh, horse, horseback. And by this, he needs to see beyond, beyond what sight can see. Because remember, the, the master is on the horseback and the footman is walking on foot. So application of us living by faith will help us to be pointing towards Jesus every time and to live in a character that will enable us to attain being clothed mm -hmm. and not being left naked. Yeah. I love talks about faith. <laughs> Maybe you can add more to it. I don't have much to add. Okay. But uh, he has explained it so well. Profound mm -hmm. man. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, but I'll just add this that uh, like we know very well that we are living here. We have not seen that eternal glory with ourselves. We have not seen heaven mm -hmm. with our own eyes. And just as he has said that faith helps us to continue believing that whatever we are hoping for, it's real. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we will attain it because the God himself in his word has told us so. And so therefore, uh, faith is there to help us to, to continue believing that these things are real. Yes, I don't want to talk more because... <laughs> he has talked too much. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I agree with that. And I really love Hebrews 11, and it really expounds so much on faith. In case you're having trouble with understanding matters to do with faith, we, we won't just talk about 
it's so much because that is not our topic today. You know, we started to, we start to talk about faith. Yeah. It's a whole other topic, yeah. Yeah, but you can read through Hebrews 11. It really brings out the definition well. And even the examples, you know, of people who walked in faith in the Bible, some of them. And for just a better, a better, let me say, a better offer. If, it, if I can call it an offer, it's just to go back and read through the stories because this, the stories here are just summarized. But in the whole Bible, you'll find uh, many people who walked in faith. They did not know, but because they trusted God, they were able to go through. So you can believe in God. You can trust in God. You can be assured and have faith in him and surrender things to him because you're told that. I, I love this fact that God knows the, the end from the beginning. Yeah. He is not limited. He's not confined by by time, sorry. Yeah, so you can trust in him. And we go ahead that, mm -hmm, let me just start from verse, no, just eight here. Yeah. We are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. A previous verse, just to mention, uh, had said that if we, oh, it's, it's the verse coming. I just went ahead of myself. Verse 9 says, so whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Yeah, we make it our aim to please him. So when we are at home in the body, it means we are content with the, the kind of life we are living on earth. The moment we are content with that and there is nothing that we are thinking of beyond, we are obscured by that, then it means that we cannot please God because it means you are walking in the flesh and we know that. Those who walk in the flesh, you cannot be pleasing to God because, yeah. So we're told that we we'll try as much as possible to be at home with the Lord. We'd rather be away from the body but be at home with the Lord. So as I was reading through this, I was just thinking about righteousness. Yeah. The Bible says we have been called into righteousness and we know very well that in our human nature, as we read the verse that says that, the, the body, it naturally came first, and that is when the spirit came. And now we are being edified, being made to become like Christ, to be Christ-like. So righteousness with us in the human nature, it is not just there. Because we, we are weak, we are insufficient, and we are... This this time I wanted to use, but it seems to have flown. 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 What is the opposite? What is the past tense of fly? <laughs> It flew away, or it has flown, yeah. But let me just uh, use what is available. So, as as we look up to God, uh, I'm still thinking of a better way to frame it. Okay, but let me just let me just basically say, uh, righteousness and us, it is not just easy until we accept the Holy Spirit to come in us and show us, you know. For you to be able to walk in righteousness, you have to notice that you are not walking in righteousness so that you start thinking, oh, I need to be doing this. So when we accept the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit shows us that this is not right, this is not right, this is how you're supposed to be. So maybe you can just talk about righteousness even as you're about to come to an end. Yeah. Okay. Uh, righteousness, basically means to be right with God. Yeah, and now when we look at now try to connect righteousness with our topic, uh, we have so many scriptures in the Bible that talks about that 
well, for us to see God, we need to be holy, we need to be righteous. Mm -hmm. For instance, in Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible says that try to make peace with everyone, for without holiness, no one will see God. And so many scriptures like Romans do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but mm -hmm. be renewed in your mind. Like there are so many scriptures that talks about it. But again, when we look at ourselves as human beings, well, we know that, yes, we are believers mm -hmm. and we've been saved by Christ, being bought by the price of God. But again, we find that we are still insufficient to please God with ourselves, with our nature. Mm -hmm. We cannot please him at all. Yeah, because as the Bible says that even our own righteousness, they are like filthy rags. Yeah, and so God himself was faithful and God knew very well that man could not please him, that man could not be right with him. And God gave us a solution with Jesus Christ that Christ came and died on the cross for our sake and he took away our sins. He took away our, like he took away our sins. He took up, he carried with him our unrighteousness and the Bible, the second Corinthians chapter five that we are discussing, the last chapter, mm -hmm. the last verse I mean okay. says that uh for him says that for 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 our sake he made him to be a sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Yes, that Christ who was sinless, Christ who lived a perfect life, a holy life did not sin, but he became sin so that we may be called the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. So in as much as we are striving to uh, we are striving to attain the prize, we are striving to attain the eternal glory, we are being promised that we we, we, can, we, 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 we will not do it even with our own righteousness mm -hmm. because God has given us Christ who has taken away all our unrighteousness and has clothed, clothed us with his own righteousness. And so this is the courage, the, the courage that we have, that when God looks at us right now, then he won't see our righteousness. He won't see our unrighteousness, but he will see the, the righteousness that Christ gave us. Yeah, and also this does, not, uh, this does not delete the part of us believers also striving to present ourselves wholly before God. Yes, I know that it might be difficult to please God. But again, we have a role to play, a role to play in striving to attain holiness, to attain uh, to attain righteousness, that in as much as God has given us, in as much as God has given us his own righteousness, this doesn't mean that we live lazy lives, that we live carelessly, that we entertain things the way we want, yeah, but still we need to do our part as well, the part of striving to present ourselves holy, and blameless before God. Thank you. Maybe before you proceed, just a quick one. Uh, in Psalm 89 verse 12, uh, it says that righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, O God, and love and faithfulness goes before thee. And so, and in another portion, we are being admonished that we approach the throne of grace with confidence that, with confidence that you may obtain mercy yes uh that we may be helped even in our times of need just a paraphrase mm -hmm. you see 
uh, being being in the context of a footman and looking heavenwards and uh, from what he has shared to us that there are things that we could not attain by ourselves but we are really looking even unto God. We see righteousness is a very culture mm-hmm. as far as heaven is concerned. That's right. And even God himself is righteous. It's, 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 it's his attribute to, mm. be, to be righteous. And uh, it goes beyond that he has extended this righteousness to us by what he has said, the Christ Jesus, as by the fact of the sacrifice of Christ, we have been counted righteous. Mm. So if, if we are striving towards attaining something that is already existent and we are approaching the throne of grace each and every time, and that throne has been founded in righteousness and in justice, it means... It is a requirement that we work out on our lives that we may be right with God. So that even when we go there, we are fine, we are found, we have been found fitting to appear <laughs> even before that particular throne. Yes. And can you allow me just to correct what I said? Okay. I said that uh-huh. that we may present ourselves holy and blameless before God. Like Christ is the one who is able mm-hmm. to present us holy and blameless before God. Mm-hmm. But all I meant is that we are striving like to just to like we in as much as god has given us his righteousness mm-hmm. we are not living careless life but even us we have a role to play yes thank all right thank you so much i don't think i would want to add anything to that that is very clear so maybe just as we finish uh what would you like to tell our audience maybe just yeah as we finish last words uh it's a delight to be a footman and uh, it's a delight to really look heaven once. But uh, as Proverbs chapter 10 from verses 4 to 5 will inform us that uh, lazy hands are make for poverty, but uh, diligent hands bring wealth. And uh, as Proverbs 6 says, we go forth to tell us that go to the ant, you sluggard. We are introduced to the fact that uh, we are awaiting for a new body. And just to echo his words, we ought not to live carelessly, but we ought to live a life that is fitting to attain that particular body by the help of the Spirit who lives in us. So we should guard that which has been given to us by the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. But remember, we should train ourselves away from laziness. A footman, when he or she will be lazy, it means like the master will be destroyed and he will not understand the impending danger that was coming. So I urge us all, even as we work out our faith, we should be looking heavenward and looking heavenward, we should be training ourselves so that we'll endure being a footman as far as our faith in Christ Jesus is concerned. It's a good journey, but not an easy one. But one assurance we have is that we are looking to Jesus. He is the author. He is the perfecter of the very faith and he conquered so we can also make it very man that's very encouraging yes patrick yes i'll just leave us with the words in first corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 mm-hmm. which says that do you not know that in a race all the runners compete but only one receives the prize mm-hmm. so run that you may obtain it every athlete exercises self-control in all the things in all the things they do it they do it to receive a perishable wealth but we all plate oh it's okay okay uh 
from verse 25, it says, Every athlete exercises self-control mm-hmm. in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we are imperishable. Well, I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I, but I pommel my body and subdue it, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And yes, uh, I will just leave us that uh, we as believers, we are, we are in a journey. We are like people who are in a race. And as Paul says that we don't run aimlessly, but we run so that we may attain the prize, so that we may win the prize. Yes, and so uh, I would love to tell us that let's continue holding on to Christ who is able to keep us even in this race, even in this journey that we are in, so that we also may not be disqualified for this prize thing. Well, thank you so much, much to learn, and I hope you have actually have learned so much from them. And mine would be just to, there's something he said when he was talking, uh, def- defining what heavenly footman is, and he said that uh, for you to be a heavenly footman, it entails being uh, perseverant, being committed, and walking in faith. So do just look at those three, even as you continue. Otherwise, uh, thank you so much for being part of us today. And you can you can like uh, the show. You can comment. We'd also like to hear from you what you think about the show. Uh, you can you can comment. Yeah, we are we are welcome. I mean, we welcome every comment. Yeah, so long as it comes from you, our dear viewers. And you can also follow us. And you can also yeah, you can follow us on YouTube, on Twitter, on yeah Facebook too at jquat uh, podcast. Yeah. You can also follow us on our website at www.jquat.ac.jquatcu.ac.ke. Wow, I, I hope I'm not confusing you like I'm confused. Anyway, I'm Nicole Wemma and I've been your host for today. See you next time. Thank you. Hey,